I understand it. Rectangle of mediocrity. Wow, Craig. That was some outstanding stuff. How does it tie in? You sound like a real nerd. I'm grooving. Now I'm going off on a rant. Our guests are the meat to our stale bread. another edition of the Channel Partners podcast, Coffee with Craig and Kevin. I'm the executive editor of Channel Partners and Channel Futures, Craig Galbraith. Joining me as always, the man who did not take a professional break to pursue a baseball career. It's our director of business development, Mr. Kevin Morris. Kevin, how are you? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on just a minute here, Craig. I think I know what you're referring to based on something that involves the last dance, but actually I was an all-star third baseman in the past. Huh. Was this uh, in third grade or fourth grade Little League? Close, close. I believe it was sixth grade, buddy. Sixth grade Little League, Ford and Bryant in Liverpool, New York. Shout out, car care company. Uh, <laughs> I played for their Little League team, and I, and I made the All-Star team that once. And so it was very exciting. It was probably a pity vote because I was such a nice kid back then. I don't know what happened. You know, I did think about it after this whole uh, unfortunate COVID-19 pandemic. I, I thought about going to baseball. <laughs> but then you found out that there wasn't any baseball happening, so you, you threw it out the door. Is that right? Yes, and, and speaking of which, your DJing is almost a making me cry because I used to hear this song at the baseball games I'd go to with uh, my dad, my brothers, and sometimes my mom. My mom goes to more baseball games now, actually. Big Phillies fan. I grew up a Mets fan, but so it's unfortunate that we're missing all this. So, Craig, as we alluded to, your intro is in reference to the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls documentary, The Last Dance on ESPN. Uh, I hear you've been watching a lot of that. Who? hasn't been watching my friend it was appointment television every sunday night the past few weeks and uh by appointment i of course mean i had an appointment with my dvr on monday (laughs) because i never watch anything live except for sports ironically uh (laughs) but let me tell you kevin i know it had super high ratings because people are starved for sports but uh sports are no sports i would have been all over this i feel like the 80s and 90s were the golden era of sports just brought back so many great memories. Uh, I wasn't necessarily the hugest Bulls fan, but just to see all of this old, never-before-seen footage, uh, I was a real sucker for it. Craig, I, I don't blame you. The documentary is really well done. It's especially tough for me to watch, though, because I grew up a Knicks fan. And uh-huh. as everyone who knows the NBA in the 90s knows, the Bulls beat them, uh, I believe, in the first the first three-peat. They beat them three times in a row in some tough series. They became pretty big rivals. And then we were able to get the best of uh, Scottie Pippen alone when Jordan did go to play baseball. Yeah. And uh, then we lost twice more after that. So uh, they definitely owned us. So tough to watch. But I always did respect the greatness of his airness, Michael Jordan. And uh, how can you not in the competitive nature of him? But definitely seeing a lot of the behind the scenes that, that went on. Uh, it's definitely it's just enlightening and, and something that I think uh, as competitors in any field you can learn from. For sure, for sure. And my Sonics, who of course uh, no longer exist, uh, <laughs> were also a victim of the Bulls back in the 96 finals. Mm-hmm. It was good to see Gary Payton in the Rain Man again, though, even though MJ uh, in one of the episodes sort of laughed off 
uh, Gary Payton, uh, <laughs> <laughs> even if it brought back memories of a defeat. <laughs> kind of like how you laugh me off all the time, or Digi, I should say, laughs me off constantly. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> so for those who aren't sports snobs like you who only pay attention to the big three, UFC has come back without fans. NASCAR and some pro golf are starting to make a return as well. Yeah, I realize there are far more important things during this pandemic than the loss of sports. But with tournaments canceled, uh, Kevin, and season suspended, it's been tough for a lot of people, uh, us included. I pretty much have all of my focus right now on the fall football season happening. I'm going to will it to happen. Uh, I'm not sure what to do if it's delayed or even canceled. So my message, no matter how much is opening up, stay home, people. Do it for the sports. Uh, yeah, Craig Craig gets angry when he doesn't have a sport, <laughs> so you got to be careful. But, yeah, you're absolutely right, Craig. It, it's been a bummer to not have sports, especially when we're all kind of stuck at home. Uh, they're a great thing to watch. But not to mention, just think about all the money and the economy that comes with all these major sports, especially all the concession workers at every game, all the people that, you know, work and clean the locker rooms. And just it's just unbelievable, almost like the venues where we have our events, you know, they're all shut down. So definitely, you know, something that we I really hope uh, I'm sure we all do that we can get past soon. And it's good to see some things opening up. But uh, I do hope, like you said, everybody remains careful. Absolutely, Kevin. Uh, Not to mention, of course, all of the people who have gotten sick from this pandemic. Uh, We do not want to forget that. Certainly not making uh, light of that and putting sports or anything else uh, ahead of that uh, in this difficult time. Very well said, Craig. Much like the world of sports, uh, Kevin, we, uh, you and I, have been lying low during the pandemic. But we are back to both inform and entertain you during this difficult time. I'm almost afraid to ask, but what has the aforementioned Digi our digital services robot mascot, been doing with his extra time. Uh, Digi says it's very nice of you to ask, Kevin. Uh, He's been doing his analytics, of course. (laughs) Of course. And he's also taken up a virtual stand-up roadshow. Stand-up? Like stand-up comedy? How is that even possible? He's a robot. And all he ever says is, beep, boop, beep. (laughs) It's true, Kev. Uh, He just expanded on the set he did for the Excellence in Digital Services Awards last year at Channel Partners, remember? Ah, Digi. How could I forget? Yeah, remember his line, you and I were on stage, and I believe he said something like, With all of these smart people in the audience, it begs the question, Kevin, why are you here? (sighs) I really appreciate reliving that one. (sighs) Thanks for the reminder. Uh, I really don't know why that bucket of bolts always has it in for me. Anyway, audience, we've got a great show for you. Are you auditioning for Saturday Night Live or something? <laughs> Our casties will be happy to know that once again, this show will not simply be us yammering on, which we've done quite a bit of already. In just a few minutes, we will welcome business coach Mike Schmidtman of Transformers. Transformers! More than meets the eye to talk about the changes he's seeing in the industry since the onset of COVID-19. And later, we'll hear from Channel Partner's own Chris Blackman. Oh, yeah! She, of course, runs our MSP 501 program, is the lead on our event programming, and is also stepping up to generate a ton of new digital content on our websites to satisfy our thirst for knowledge. That does sound great, Kevin. And then, as I understand it, you wanted to bring back the binge-worthy segment from our last episode, so we'll be making more recommendations for sheltering in place. 
Indeed we will, Craig. Meantime, I gotta say, obviously some of our listeners like the fact that we took a few weeks off because we've returned with our first official sponsor of the podcast. Really? I didn't know about this. But hey, you're the director of business development around here. Who did you get your hooks into? Wait, wait, don't tell me. Is it one of the big carriers? No, no, I got it. A master agent. No? Okay, it must be a giant in the IT world. We love our VAR and MSP casties. First, Craig, I have to say you sounded a little bit like Digi. Hmm, when you were saying that sentence. That's, that's interesting. But secondly, <laughs> no. It's even better than all of those. Oh my gosh. I can barely contain myself. 77 podcasts, and we get the gravitas that a sponsorship will provide. And here I thought the most cred we would ever garner was being listed in Jay McBain's top 64 channel podcast of 2019. I cannot confirm nor deny that. I can wait no longer. Who is it? Craig? Drums, please. The official sponsor is... The Channel Partners Conference and Expo, a.k.a. Channel Partners Expo Lucian. Wait, what? Yes, sir. What better sponsor could there be than the world's largest channel event, rescheduled for September 8th to the 11th at the Venetian and Sands Expo in Las Vegas? Can I be really honest here? Uh, why wouldn't you? I feel a bit ripped off by this. Speak freely. We talk about the Channel Partners Conference and Expo on every show. And when we're not talking about Expo, we're talking about what's coming up at Channel Partners Evolution, which this year, as you just alluded to, is co-located with CP Expo. Uh, shh. Let me let you in on a little secret here, Craig. I've already got a commitment from Channel Partners Evolution to sponsor future episodes of this podcast. <sighs> so it's going to be like that. Like what, Craig? Can we just introduce our first guest? Go ahead. All right, Kevin, my pleasure to welcome into the coffee house our first guest. He is Mike Schmidtman. You know him as a frequent speaker at Channel Partners events, and he is a very renowned business coach in the channel. Mike, how are you doing? Hey, very good, Craig. Uh, why don't you start off by reminding our audience a little bit about your business, uh, Transformers, and what it is you do to help IT businesses and salespeople. And I love having you on the show because this gives me a chance with your business known as Transformers to break out my Optimus Prime voice. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. I was a, a partner myself for many years. So I ran a business and I had at the peak, I think about 55 employees, I had 18 salespeople covering five states. And so I had a pretty robust business. And then about 12 years ago, I realized I didn't take direction well. And so I, <laughs> I wasn't the owner. And, uh, you and Kevin so, both. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the question was, so what, now what? What do you do? And I realized the thing that I like best about building a business is attracting and hiring very people and winning new accounts. And so somebody came and said, well, why don't you just do that as a business? So that's what I do. So I generally work. Uh, for channel partners and solution providers, MSPs, people who've built a pretty good business and then have hit a ceiling because they can't attract and hire good salespeople and they can't win accounts. So that's really the two things. I'm, I'm a two-trick pony, you might say. But those are the two things I do, and there are so many companies that need that. So it's a very rewarding business because I get to help people grow. And, of course, I get my eyes on the channel as well. And whenever I see a best practice somewhere, I steal it and, and share it with other people. So... <laughs> 
I'm a wealth of best practices that I've stolen from other people, but I get a chance to see some really talented organizations and people. And I always have my eyes out for what's working and what's happening and who's got a better widget and who's got a better process. And so fortunately, this channel has a lot of companies like that, very innovative, forward thinking. And uh, it's great being a part of it, Craig. You know, Michael, they do say that, you know, companies are as good as their talent, which surprises me how well Channel Partners has done over the years with Craig and I being a part of it. <laughs> Whoa. Amen, brother. I mean, especially Craig, of course. But, yes. you know, we are an anomaly, I guess. But given your background, Mike, I bet you can give us a unique perspective on what you're seeing in the market in terms of how COVID-19 is impacting recruiting and hiring sales talent. There are um, certainly a lot of emerging underachievers out there, for sure. There are a lot of uh, people with their resumes out. I'll say this. I don't have a big data set on this. Um, only a couple people that I'm working with are hiring right now. Uh, but I posted an ad for New York State, and it got approximately a million resumes the first day. <laughs> wow. It blew up my Indeed mailbox, so I put a, an ad in for VP of Sales in New York. Millions may be a little high, but maybe <laughs> maybe a couple hundred resumes. And I should have said within 50 miles of where I was, but I didn't. And so I was getting them from California, Colorado, Florida, Texas, everywhere. Wow. Um, but so I, I don't do enough of that. This is kind of a piece of what I do, Kevin, so it's not everything. But there are a lot of people looking for jobs, they'll say that. So if, if anybody is looking to either add to their team or upgrade the herd, now's a pretty good time. There's a lot of talent out there and people are looking for jobs. So, Well, I think that says a lot right there. Mike, how about your business? Uh, how have you had to shift the way you run your business? Uh, I assume you're doing your consultations virtually, but have you had to adjust your curriculum as well? That's a great question, Craig. I think all of us need to do this. We need to look in the mirror and say, okay, how can I make myself indispensable? Because as an outside resource, I'm probably going to be the first thing cut for most companies. As soon as this thing hit, in fact, when Channel Partners, you were kind of like the, <laughs> like the event that they said, okay, this is real. When Channel Partners canceled, I said, oh boy, uh, this is going to be a big deal everywhere. And I thought to myself, what can I do to become indispensable to my clients? Because they're obviously going to be cutting their outside people first before they cut employees. And I did lose a lot of people. I think everybody in my business probably lost some people who said, look, Mike, I'd love to help you. Can't do it. A couple of them, Craig, counterintuitively, I said, no, you're not firing me. I said, I'm not going to take any pay, but you need me more than ever right now. Yeah. Because a lot of companies need somebody. And I'm just wired to be positive. Being an old timer like myself, I've lived through so many recessions. And each time, I've profited from it. So I've seen enough of these uh, dating back to the 80s. It shows you how long I've been in channel sales. But you always kind of pop out the other end with a better business. So it's tough while you're there. But my attitude is... There's never a better time to grow your business than during, in fact, that's the title of a, a presentation I'm giving next week, which is never let a good recession go to waste. How can you take this bad time and turn it into a great time? You know, Andrew Grove, who was one of the founders of Intel, said that uh, recessions transform great companies. They'll damage a bad company, but they'll improve a good company. And so how can you use a recession like this to improve your company? A couple of people said, hey, we can't keep you on. I said, oh, no, au contraire. He said, you don't have to pay me, but you need me more than ever. And they were flabbergasted anybody would do it. And of course, for me, the choice is going out and pulling vines out in my yard uh, and mowing the grass or, you know, that was such a dreadfully bad idea. I said, well, I'd rather be working for people if I'm not getting paid, I'll still do it. 
And I figured that would give me some goodwill for people, and it did. And a couple of people got these PPP, you know, payroll protection program loans, and they immediately put me back on. So anyway, to answer your question, how did it impact me? Of course, like everybody, I got cut immediately, but by repositioning my company is how can I be indispensable? So what we've done with some people is we've doubled down on training. Your people aren't <laughs> going to as many appointments. They aren't as good as you want them to be. Why don't we use this time for sales training? Why don't we use this time to polish their skills? Why don't we learn this time to get new certifications? And let's use this time productively. And my attitude is always accelerator down, folks, full speed ahead. And if we have the gift, uh, some people call it the invisible gift. Tough times are the invisible gift. Well, how's it invisible? It forces you to refocus your business. It forces you to become more effective and essential. And if you do that, you'll pop out the, the other end better than ever. So I fully believe that. And the surprising amount of partners are doing pretty well right now. Mike, that's, that's some great advice there. You know, with challenge does come opportunity, and it's good to see that you're encouraging partners to take care of it. Seeing what you've learned from addressing some of these challenges these past couple months, uh, can you offer maybe one more piece of advice to partners in our listening audience about what they should stay focused on until this pandemic is behind us? And, and may that day come soon. As you said, you know, with every two sides of a coin, you know, one is a threat, one is an opportunity. They do go hand in hand. But I'll say this, the biggest problem for salespeople is how do I create urgency? Customers say, call me in six months, I'm busy, uh, let me think about it. So the biggest problem salespeople have is status quo, fat, dumb, and happy. And this pandemic just fixed your biggest problem because whether they want to go with you or not, <laughs> no customer can be fat, dumb, and happy right now. They are all needing to pivot, as you said earlier. They need to pivot, they need to change. They can't maintain status quo. They have to move forward. So if I'm a salesperson, I'm looking at that and saying, my biggest problem just got fixed. I may have other problems, but my biggest problem just got fixed. My word of wisdom is, is mindset. More than any practice, mindset is, how can I turn this negative into a, into a positive? And if you look at it that way, first of all, there are lots of businesses that are on fire right now, busy. Uh, certainly the essential industries are, are some. Secondly, we all know alcohol and cannabis sales are way up. <laughs> some, some vertical markets are doing great. You go to a hardware store, you go to a grocery store, they're, they're as busy as can be. And so I recognize some sectors are down, but some sectors are up. And if it forces you to focus on the hot sectors, then that's a good focus. So many partners are unfocused anyway. So this makes you focus. It makes you innovate. So I'll, I'll leave you another story. One of the, my favorite business success stories is Southwest Airlines. They were founded, let's say, in the 80s, and they had four planes. And they essentially had two going clockwise, uh, San Antonio, Dallas, Houston. And then they had two planes going counterclockwise the other way. So a bunch of flights. Well, the recession hit in the 80s. And Southwest was forced to, they had a plane repossessed. They couldn't make payments. So they lost a plane. They said, okay, if we don't change the way we do business, we're going to be in a death spiral. Because if we just lower our number of flights and we'll have less revenue, then we're going to lose another plane. Then we're going to have less <laughs> flights. We'll lose another plane. And they saw that if they didn't change the way they did business, they would be out of business. They were in a death spiral. It caused them to rethink everything. And they said, well, what if we could have the same number of flights with one fewer plane? Well, that would force us to turn our planes around faster. It would force us 
to have everybody do the work. So even the airline pilots would need to pull luggage and, and accept passengers and things. They had to get people on and off faster. So they got rid of the whole ticketing system, the whole the seating system, the whole first class, business class, all that stuff. They said, we don't have time for that. And it transformed Southwest. They had the same number of flights with, with fewer planes, which means they had a lower cost per plane because they had more people doing work. They had a lower cost. They were able to make money at lower volumes. And now they're the largest airline in the United States. They said repeatedly that they could never have done it if it hadn't been for the recession, which forced them to uh, rethink their business model. And the same goes with companies like Uber and Airbnb. They never would have been successful in the 19, uh, I guess it was 2008, because I'm not letting a stranger in my car. But if I'm about to lose my car because I can't make payments, maybe I will take a stranger in my car. <laughs> I'm not letting a stranger in my house. Well, if I'm about to lose my house to the bank, maybe I will rent out that spare bedroom in the back. And all of a sudden, and, and both Uber and Airbnb have said, if it weren't for the recession in 2008, we never would have been successful. So we don't know who the winners are going to be this time. I'm guessing Zoom is one of them. Some other people are hot right now. Certainly the, the Walmart's way up, Amazon way up. So this is an opportunity. Kevin, as you said, there's two sides to this coin. I'm wired to look at the positive side and let's go grab some share while times are tough. Yeah, that's a great anecdote, Mike. No doubt uh, all of us rethinking things a little bit right now. Last question for you. We were talking about a little bit before we started a recording today, and that's uh, the new normal. Everybody sort of talks about that. What What's your definition of the new normal uh, that we're going to see here in the channel going forward? First of all, Craig, that's a great question, and I'm sure you'll get a lot of enlightening answers. I'll just say one category. I've had a lot of business owners tell me I'm getting just as much productivity from my people working at home as I was in this office. As soon as my lease expires, I'm getting rid of my office. Uh, yeah. We're way downsizing. And I've had a lot of employees, salespeople especially, saying to me, you know, guess what? My meetings virtually aren't quite as good as they were when I traveled halfway across the state. I had a guy in, um, he was in Charleston, South Carolina. And he said, Mike, I'm driving like a thousand miles a week. And he says, I'm getting just as much done on virtual meetings they're not quite as good, but they're almost as good. So I think what you're going to see, less travel, less central offices, and this virtual is the new normal. So Mike, I do have to ask, speaking of the new normal, did I hear your dog in the background? Can we have your I, dog's name? Are you willing no, to share? That was that was Craig's dog, actually. No. <laughs> <laughs> Framing Louie. Louie always gets framed. No. Actually, Kevin, I live out in the country, and so social distancing comes natural to me. I, we've got four dogs. Oh, wow. Goats, three alpacas, three horses, a cat. We got a whole bunch of animals. So I apologize. Yeah, whenever the UPS man comes, my dogs go and alert the whole neighborhood that they're coming. So sorry about that. <laughs> oh, no, that was that was great. We, we love it. We love dogs. We love animals. So that was awesome. Big and, dog fans. You know, and maybe maybe the dog can replace Craig on the next one. And, and you know, Ugh. the alpaca can replace me. So much <laughs> <laughs> more entertaining. Well, Mike, hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate your insight. Uh, what's, what's the best way uh, businesses out there can get a, in touch with you if they want to uh, tap your expertise? LinkedIn is probably the best way. Just get connected in LinkedIn. All my contact information's there. I've got a website, all that type of thing. But we're just all here to help the channel. That's what you guys do. That's how you're wired. And uh, I'm the same way. I owned a bar for many years, and I always said, you know, you provide the service first, then you get the tip. If the service is good, you'll get a tip. And if the service sucks, you won't. So I'm um, service first, just like you guys are. 
Outstanding. Well, Mike, thanks so much for the time today and the great insight. Uh, looking forward to hopefully seeing you in September. All right. Thanks, guys. Great job. Thank you. Great stuff there, Kevin, from Mike Schmidtman, a great business coach, all around good guy. Yeah, Craig, always great to talk to Mike. Uh, he always puts on great presentations at our events and uh, a lot to take away from that conversation. I think most notably how he talked about being aggressive in times of challenge and struggle and and looking for ways to you know make the most out of any given situation. Definitely. I'd agree. That's the uh, that's the best takeaway from the conversation. He iterated that extremely well. So good stuff there from Mike. To reiterate uh, what I said earlier on the podcast, we tend to take at least one part of every show to talk about the Channel Partners Conference and Expo. And quite honestly, sometimes it's three or four parts of the show, even when we only have two or three parts in the show. Uh, <laughs> right now, we are operating under the assumption that agents, VARs, integrators, consultants, and suppliers will be able to join us at the world's largest independent channel event in Las Vegas, September 8th through the 11th. Oh, oh. Kevin, Kevin, what is that? I'm meditating, Craig. Uh, first, I was thinking about the fact that you just worked in iterating into a reiterating a few minutes ago. <laughs> and then secondly, I'm summoning positive thoughts, of course. Oh, is it helping? Well, it's helping me to relax and not think about the many flaws in this podcast. But other than that, not really. <laughs> okay, so as of now, the schedule of events isn't drastically different than what we had planned for early March. But there are a couple of things to be aware of. Since the spring conference and expo that you're used to is now co-located with Channel Partners Evolution, we're adding a few sessions that cater more to the MSP crowd in our community. That's not to say there wasn't that type of programming originally scheduled for Expo, but it will now be enhanced just a little bit. And of course, all of the education sessions and keynotes that the telco crowd have come to expect will still be there to enjoy. We're also still planning to go forward with our business success workshop focused on planning for the future. That is the four-hour pre-conference event scheduled for September 8th. Alliance of Channel Women, the first-time attendee reception, those are still on the schedule for the 8th as well. So pumped for those pre-con events, Craig. That being said, Craig, the Channel Partners team and the facility are looking at all the possible ways that we might need to enforce some social distancing rules if need be. Our operations team is in the throes of figuring out contingency plans for getting our groups together safely, whether it be in the keynote room, expo hall, you name it, from getting your registration badge to getting your food in a safe manner. Clearly a lot to figure out, Kevin. Obviously, the state of the pandemic and local and state of Nevada regulations will come into play. And Craig, you know what? I'm going to count on you to put a link I'm about to mention in there, and that is on the Venetian cleaning policy. Uh, they have a lot of new stipulations and rules that they're rolling out in terms Ooh. of how they're going to keep everything they control clean, and including thermal cameras to check temperatures as people walk through, disinfectant wands for all the freight that comes in in terms of our exhibit booths and things like that. It's, it's really cool. Well, in terms of taking your temperature, though, you're always red hot. Your temperature might be a little above normal. Hopefully, they'll still let you in. You got that right. And once again, this is all obviously a fluid situation, but this is where it stands now. You know, I'm staying tuned, Craig, because this portion of Coffee with Craig and Kevin was sponsored by the Channel Partners Conference and Expo. Champions made here. <sighs> Time to check in with our next guest, Craig. All right. Kevin has stepped away for a moment. 
which I understand. It is tiring coming up with all those terrible jokes he tells on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> meantime, I'm pleased to welcome in uh, my partner in crime when it comes to content on Channel Partners and Channel Futures. That is Chris Blackman. Chris, how are you? I'm hanging in there, Craig. How are you? Doing well. I uh, wanted to talk to you about uh, several things today. Uh, the first one being the fabulous MSP 501 program. Tell us where that stands right now, how people can apply. I understand you had more than 100 applications in just one week here a week or two ago. So obviously things are in full sway. Yeah, it's really starting to pick up steam. You know, our MSP community always likes to wait until the last minute, giving me a heart attack in order to apply for this. So it's been encouraging uh, this time around seeing some uh, early upticks and a little bit earlier than the final deadline on May 31st. You can go to um, Channel Futures and there's a tab at the top that says MSP 501. And if you hover on that, there'll be a drop down that says the MSP 501 application. Just click there and get going. So remind our listeners who may not be that familiar with the MSP 501 program uh, what it is. So the MSP 501 is the largest and most comprehensive uh, survey and ranking list of MSPs around the globe. We have multitudes of countries and regions represented. And this year, we've kind of upped the ante a little bit as far as our judgment methodology. In the past, it's only been based on previous year's annual revenue. Hardware resale counts for less than managed services, for instance. But this year, we wanted to take a look at some of the best practices when it comes to actually running your business. Not just annual revenue, but how much of that revenue is recurring? How much is your revenue per employee? What's your customer churn? Some of these metrics that really give us a good idea of the health of the business, good management that leads to future success, comprehensive strategies, that type of thing. So we, uh, we run this survey for three months from March 1st to May 31st every year. And then results are announced in June. And come September, we issue out our awards for the winners, as well as a pretty giant and comprehensive report based on the survey data we collect. And then we release a lot of uh, small reports, sub-reports throughout the rest of the year as well. Well, and this has really turned out to be a crown jewel in our portfolio. So all of your work on this is uh, really appreciated. We've done a couple of special galas at uh, our fall show, and we're looking forward, hopefully, to doing another, uh, the third annual coming up at the co-located Channel Partners Conference and Expo and Channel Partners Evolution uh, this fall in Las Vegas. So speaking of that, with the expo originally scheduled for March and then postponed, we're turning a lot of our attention this spring and summer to our media sites, Channel Partners Online and Channel Futures. Chris, why don't you talk a little bit about some of the digital and virtual content we're offering? Obviously, none of us have a crystal ball, so we can't really predict what's going to happen with our fall show. But given that we had to skip the March show or postpone the March show, we wanted to make sure we were still giving our attendees and our readers the education that they normally get from these shows. So we have an online educational series, the Channel Educational Series, which you can get to from the Channel Future site. 
And in there, we have a lot of industry leaders that they do a deep dive into a very specific topic. It's essentially an educational breakout session online. And everything comes with a downloadable asset that helps partners really work through the content that they've learned so they don't just listen to it, think it's a great idea, and then not act on it. We've also got a pretty robust market intelligence program going. Uh, we're building that out throughout the rest of the year as well. There's a lot of reports in there based on the 501 data. Uh, but then we've also got some reports for our agent audience coming up um, and some reports we're doing in collaboration with Informa's uh, analysis uh, business on DIA. So between that um, and then our 501er community, on Facebook and LinkedIn um, is also receiving a great deal of our attention right now. Partners are really looking to connect with other partners, connect with vendors, have some discussions about best practices that they should be employing right now. And so we're really excited about those two discussion groups as well. Oh, and I didn't talk about the digital issue. So this is something new that we're gonna be doing at the end of the year. We're gonna do a commemorative issue a digital issue of the Channel Partners magazine that will congratulate the winners. It'll tell a little bit about the program. Vendors will be able to, you know, congratulate their specific partners that made it onto the list and things like that. So we're all really looking forward to getting started on that uh, here within the next few months. Yeah, that is great. Uh, all of us excited about that. We should also talk a little bit about our uh, COVID-19 help series which is running on Channel Partners. Uh, we've got a ton of new webinars, new videos featuring uh, the likes of Oracle, Intermedia, VMware, Mettel, a lot of companies talking about what they're doing to help partners and customers during this tough time. And you can find all of that information just by going to Channel Chatter in the nav bar on Channel Partners Online. And under that, you will find the COVID-19 Partner Help Series. Uh, some really good stuff there as well. So tons of new digital content. We're looking forward to publishing more. One of those things, Chris, might be some digital roundtables. We're just starting to talk about those, but are you able to give our listeners a little bit of a preview as to what those might look like? Absolutely. So as a lot of our event attendees will know, we usually do a um, pretty intensive pre-con workshop uh, the day before the actual conference kicks off. So on the off chance that we are not able to actually have our September event live, we have big plans of moving that pre-conference workshop into a half-day workshop that can be done virtually. We're also partnering in the very early stages, so I don't have specific details yet, but we're also partnering with a lot of the other divisions that sit within Informa Tech. We have a 5G group, we have an Internet of Things group, networking, security, so we're actually in talks with all of them as to how we can leverage their expertise and our audience and our experts in order to create these half-day workshops that hopefully are going to run throughout the fourth quarter. All right, lots of good stuff on the plate uh, coming up here the rest of the year on Channel Partners Online and Channel Futures. Anything, Chris, that I did not ask you about uh, media and digital content that I should have? Well, I think it was pretty comprehensive. I know you have done an interview once or twice in the past, so oh, I think you asked me pretty much everything. But I would just like to reiterate that the MSP 501 survey closes on May 31st. 
If you have any questions whatsoever, we have a team standing by to help you out. You can email them at msp501 at informa.com and we'll be there to help you out. Um, your partner vendors are probably also a really good resource to go talk to about this program since we have so much buy-in from a lot of the big vendors in the channel. So lots of resources for you to tap if you've got questions on the application. And yeah, get those in before May 31st. I'd love to see everybody's name on the list. Great stuff, Chris. And I'll be sure to tell Kevin you didn't miss him. <laughs> Don't tell him that. Tell him I missed him desperately. All right. I will do that. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Craig. Craig, as always, phenomenal stuff from Chris Blackman, you know, our colleague, our friend, a true force of nature that is behind the MSP 501. And that takes a lot of work, let me tell you, to put together our event programming and, and this new digital and virtual programming as we, let me say it again, pivot during these trying times. Chris is absolutely on fire, Kevin. And virtual, you know, is all the rage, partly because it's cool and partly because we're still not gathering in large groups. Wah, wah. Certainly is, compadre. Meantime, our loyal casties will remember our last episode where we offered up our binge-worthy picks in movies, TV, and music while we all spend most of our time at home. That segment was so popular. It's so hot right now. We decided to bring it back. Today, we tackle another category. And when you say we, I think you mean you. I don't recall discussing doing this again. And when you say so popular, I think that's just your way of saying you like the segment. Well, yeah, okay, you got me. But I figure if I wait until the podcast to bring it up, then we're already recording and you're less likely to object. You might be onto something there. So, without further ado, let's get to it. All right, here are Craig and Kevin's binge-worthy picks in the category of... I can't believe I'm saying this. Books! I, uh, I got nothing. Yeah, me neither. The rectangle of mediocrity is full of mindless TV shows, movies, and music. There's no room for literature, though, let me say, there should be. Kids, if you're <laughs> listening, you should be reading. Yes, that's for sure. Do not see us as role models, as Charles Barkley once said. Terrible, Craig. <laughs> you know what there is room for, though, my brother? Your classic sign-off? You got it. If you'd like to download the archive of Coffee with Craig and Kevin, just go to SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts, type in Channel Partners Online in the search bar. Of course, you can always find the archive on the flagship channelpartnersonline.com Thanks everyone for joining us and we hope to see you again next time. Just like a 1988 Howard Johnson home run We're out of here! Our heroes wear pinstripes Heroes in blue Give us the chance to feel like heroes too Forever we'll win And if we should lose We know someday we'll go out the